Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, we discuss the THQ Showcase, a Rockstar Games acquisition, Nintendo patents, Keith David, and the Street Fighter Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collaboration. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. Another great week, another great episode coming at you. Episode 76. Excited to be here. Thanks for joining us, guys. We're going to just jump right into some video game news right away. You know, it's been a, a pretty slow week. Uh, everything's ramping up. Uh, in a week and a half, we're going to have uh, Gamescom. So everybody's kind of waiting for that. Gamescom. Yeah. Uh, so everybody's kind of waiting for that to, to, you know, blow their load, as you would say. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what's dude a, that's some big news what what man what jesus no that's fine no you yeah. don't just say what you want to say you're making it weird man don't make it weird you're making it weird <laughs> but yeah we're gonna uh start off with some thq uh thq recently did a uh digital uh, showcase showed off some footage and and trailers for a bunch of their games that they're working on we have some alone in the dark footage we have some south park snow day we have some outcasts a new beginning we have recreation which is a racing slash uh, building game uh titan quest 2 trine 5 a clockwork conspiracy got the one remake and then teen teenage mutant ninja turtles the last running officially announced um from this showcase really um small showcase obviously thq uh big developer known for a lot of different titles such as uh saint row and and other titles which i can't remember right now dark siders yeah dark siders we just talked about this and i can't remember this is this is how uh how much you know we we know about thq but they do put out some bangers every now and then and obviously with this they wanted to to, to show their future alone in the dark being a, a big franchise that they they are remaking and it's going to have uh, david harbour in there which is pretty cool um and then you also have south park snow day which i think uh uh, going off of the success off the last one which is a pure rpg this one they're kind of shifting the tone and it's going to be a co-op uh, multiplayer it looks to be like an action game where, where you'll be able to uh fight in in big maps um it to me it looked like a bit a bit uh it looked a little bit like uh minecraft legends if if you've seen uh, gameplay from that where you can jump in with your friends and and just go through the level beating stuff up uh and and upgrading your stuff and just you know upgrading your characters getting weapons and all that stuff so it looks pretty interesting and then uh the other big news out of this one i think was the official announcement of teenage mutant ninja turtles the last Ronin. um if, if you've been with us uh you know you we've discussed about this before in a previous episode where the i believe peacock uh, uh yeah i believe it was the peacock uh, ceo uh, kind of casually announced that they were working on on a last Ronin game and this is the official first announcement uh, uh that the game is in development they showed a little teaser trailer uh with nothing obviously no gameplay because it, it is in the early stages but uh this is the right time i think right now with the hype and success of uh, mutant mayhem and then them talking about making a sequel and obviously a tv show a new turtles tv show uh there's no better time i would say to to kind of announce this and especially with just how uh well known as a franchise the teenage mutant ninja turtles is so unfortunately because there is no gameplay and because it's so early in development we don't really see a lot but from what we've heard it looks like they are looking to kind of um make it very 
Batman-esque, you know, have that kind of fighting system, uh, kind of that hardcore gritty thing. Um, and we'll, we'll have to see how, how well that plays out. Obviously, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles rated T for teens. We wanted to, to you know, be mature enough to, to tackle certain topics, but also fun. And, you know, they're teenagers. Well, I don't know at this point if they're teenagers, but we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Could be older. <laughs> they, they, they might be old enough to drink now. Yeah, they're, they're going through a midlife crisis. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles midlife crisis um what are your thoughts on on uh, uh on the on the showcase and what games yeah i mean i think i think i think kind of had to do this because i think it's coming out of just like all the stuff going on at summer and then in advance of gamescom where i think like there's just going to be like a ton of new stuff coming so i think they kind of had to like create some some breathing room for themselves because you know they're 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 a people know thq but i think generally speaking they're kind of like on on the smaller side um so i think they would just kind of get would get drowned out by all the stuff happening at gamescom so i think it makes sense that they would try to do something uh around now i don't like none of the stuff kind of jumps out at me i think I never got into it, but I do know the last South Park game. Like I'm like, I, I appreciate South Park for what it is, but I'm not like this diehard South Park fan. But I did, I did like what they did with the the RPG game. I think it was called Fractured Butthole. Well, was it? Which is kind uh, of funny. Which one was the Stick of Truth? Uh I think. It oh was yeah, what is it? Was that the Stick of Truth? It was Stick of Truth the RPG, and then what? What was Fractured? But was that the sequel? I can't yeah. remember. Okay, so this would would be the third one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think okay. A, so, Fractured Butthole is is the the second one. I mean, I, d- I definitely know that's the title because it's so it's so funny. He really wanted Butthole in the title, but they wouldn't let him do that, so they just kind of did the the play on words approach. So yeah, I just, admire that. Just go around it, baby. Yeah. Um. So it's like, you know, maybe maybe I'll check that out at some point. But other than that, like, you know, I think Alone in the Dark, Titan Quest, Gothic, like, I think a lot of those, uh, I think they have they have audiences. Um, I think people are probably pretty excited to see, you know, whether it's a new entry or a, kind of like a remake of those IPs. But for me, it's, you know, don't really care too much and didn't really see anything to get me excited about it. So it's really it's the last round in, and you know because I am a I'm a fan of 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 the turtles. Uh, I'm excited to see a take. Um, I didn't see or I didn't read the last round, and I think you did actually, right? No, no, I know of it. Um, oh, you know, oh, you yeah, just know. Yeah. About I haven't that. read it myself, um, but it's it's in it's in there. It's in the list. Yeah. It's, <laughs> okay. Uh, so I haven't haven't read it. I think it's an interesting concept and yeah, excited to see what a game could look like. I think just conceptually all the ingredients are there for it to be like a really great game concept. Uh, I actually just had to look this up. I was wondering who the, who like who's going to develop this from THQ's bench. And it seems like it's going to be the, the team who did the destroy all humans game, which I'm like, I don't I don't know if that gives me a ton of confidence that they're gonna like land a gritty action, you know, basically like if they're to copy and paste the the Arkham 
you know, the, some version of the, like, the Arkham combat system with that kind of tone and and whatever. Like, I don't know. So, like, I I don't get like again a, a ton of confidence that that's going to be a, a good match. But you know, maybe they can prove me wrong. Yeah, it's 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 like you said. Very interesting that you know that they had to kind of get this out before uh, Gamescom and and the big publishers, the big dogs, the big developers come out there with swinging with all the AAA uh, stuff. And and you can see from the the titles that you know the really only AAA one that you could say would be the the last Ronin. and everything else is kind of like I wouldn't say indie because it's not fully indie, but they're not going to be huge games obviously you have trine and and south park and recreation all that stuff it's they look to be smaller games so uh some something to, to give people thought but nothing really uh to drive home especially when you don't have anything to show uh for, for your big title that you were announcing doing this so uh we'll we'll see hopefully uh we get a lot more information in the future um i i am interested to see what path they're going to take especially for an unproven uh not unproven, but a developer that you wouldn't think uh, you would say matches up with, with what you would expect from the game. So it'll be interesting to see as the development goes forward on, on that, uh, how, how they're handling it and how it looks down the road. All right, next big news we want to talk about is Rockstar. Uh, they recently did their earnings call, which obviously uh, everybody's been waiting for uh, news on GTA 6, um, which they kind of said that, they're projecting big earnings, obviously, in, in fiscal year, I believe, 2024 to 25. So that's like our first quarter, something like that. Uh, basically, next year um, after March. Um, so it looks like, you know, for all intents and purposes, that that's when GTA 6 will uh, most likely be released. Um, they also talked about uh, the release of Red Dead Redemption for the Switch and the PS4. Surprise, surprise, that's the uh, big uh, Red Dead Redemption that everybody was waiting for, that everybody thought was going to be a remaster uh, of, of Part 1 for newer consoles and, and PCs, which definitely I feel like everybody's super angry about that. But uh, I think the biggest thing that they announced at this is that they um, acquired uh, the roleplay community Um let me see the name of it. I forget the name of it. Uh, they acquired ah, they acquired the role play community CFX.re, uh, which is a big role play community um, that deals with obviously if if, if you're not familiar, uh, there's this big uh, big communities in GTA and um, Red Dead as well where you can basically do like role play as your character. I know a lot of people. I've seen videos like people role playing as cops in GTA online and that's kind of funny and stuff like that um, but it's a very interesting news just because uh, Rockstar's stance uh, from a couple years ago uh, was that uh, the modding community was basically piracy and they were totally against um, them doing anything in their game uh, but they've done a complete 180 to, to completely switch their stance on it obviously acquiring uh, the community and, and looking forward to the future of GTA uh, 5 as it is now and GTA 6 whenever that comes out and, and Red Dead as well um, to kind of partner with the community and, and just, you know, have those assets available and just do way more uh, for the community to to drive the the popularity of the game i think it's it's amazing we see it um a lot now with fortnite working with a lot of the creators and, and doing uh their concerts and creator specific uh skins bundles and all that stuff and you see it now with this uh 
uh, Rockstar's definitely pushing. They're always usually ahead of the curve, uh, even if they weren't on this. Um, I think it's very interesting. I, I can totally see where this is going to work. Um, it's always fascinating. You know, you live your real life and then you go in and you're living a second life as, uh, you know, uh, something else on, on these type of games. So it's very interesting to see. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see in, in terms of the future of GTA 6 and how they, they will be able to incorporate this, especially now that they have the backing of uh, Rockstar. Um, and what this will mean for the future uh, content creators and developers in future games. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's super, super smart. Um, I think this, so I haven't personally played or, or done any you know, role playing within, within Grand Theft Auto V, but I do know there's a, there's a big audience for it and a big appetite for that type of content. I think, uh, I don't, watch or follow any streamers who like exclusively do grand theft auto role playing but like a, a lot of big streamers that i follow they'll like you know mess around it every once in a while and, and people seem seem to enjoy it so i know there's certainly a big you know streamer community out there of people who just do this and, and people watch them play it so so it's definitely a thing that's been and it's been growing you know over several years so i think take two is just kind of observe that uh, or Rockstar has has observed that trend, and and they're just trying to, I think, probably get ahead of like, okay, is this something that someone's gonna like create these mods for Grand Theft Auto Six? Like, do we just let that happen, or do we actually just integrate it natively into the game and try to actually capture that demand for ourselves and figure it out if there, figure out if there's a way to monetize that uh, in some way? So. So I think it's 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 super smart. You know, they could either just build it themselves, or uh, which would take you know time time and effort to figure out how to do that at the cost of like potentially upsetting the existing you know kind of community and and tool sets. So so I think there's uh, a lot of reasons why they would kind of do like an aqua hire and and you know get the people that have been focusing on this for quite some time. Um, I think. I think Valve has, you know, had a lot of success with these types of acquisitions where, you know, there's these big mod communities for their games and it's like, yeah, hey, let's just let's just make it official. <laughs> like I think I think that's that's basically Dota. Um, uh, you know, that's probably the probably the biggest one. But um so yeah, I think I think there's good good precedent of these types of acquisitions playing out. Um and yeah, I think uh you know maybe looking to Final Fantasy fourteen as like that's the MMO that I've spent the most amount of time in. I know there's also like a huge role playing community within Final Fantasy. So I can like already just kind of see Rockstar just trying to like not that they're gonna make Grand Theft Auto Six like a full blown MMO, but I think with these types of experiences you can kind of build a version of those experiences. And I think I think Rockstar is always going to figure out ways to get people to engage engage with their games. So, so again, I think I think it makes a lot of sense. It's smart. Um, I don't know, you know, how long. I, I think it's probably going to be pretty far off before we see any like results from this. But I think again, it's it's it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, obviously, with uh, GTA Online being the juggernaut that it is, like it's GTA itself just keeps selling and selling uh, copies. And then, you know, like I 
bought GTA uh, 5. I meant GTA 5. Uh, I bought GTA 5 and, and played it enough, um, but never really dug into the online community, but I know it was really well done. It's always getting updated. Uh, it's a thriving community. There's so many people doing so many different things with the role-playing and just being online all the time and the events that they have and all that stuff. So it's definitely very interesting. And, and Rockstar themselves, they you know they when they see an opportunity, they seize it. Obviously, with this one, it's a good way to get the, the community involved, especially because with these type of games, you definitely want to have as big of a community influence as you can because that'll drive it enough, um, well enough, even during its uh, slow time. So I think this is great. Um, and and this for itself, like, it's totally different than anything else, I think, just because with, with Fortnite and, and other um, communities like that where you have modding or where you have such a, a an input from from your community this is it's it's a whole other thing i would say it's just so different um because it's it's like the metaverse i would i would say this is the closest thing if if, if you could say you know me i've been a big anti-metaverse guy but i think this kind of is the closest thing just because metaverse yeah. i haven't heard that term in a while yeah i think uh <laughs> people have been have been wanting to that, that's the whole concept of the metaverse where you can live different lives in different worlds or whatever and i think this is the best example of it facebook is obviously uh not doing it well with, with their whole meta thing and and uh fortnite obviously hasn't really been pushing it as much as they were talking about it before even though there's rumors of of uh their lego collab coming up uh in the next season um and we'll see how that goes but i think this is the closest thing i would say to a metaverse where people are actually engaged in it and doing things where it doesn't feel like oh you you're just an avatar type of thing so uh we'll, we'll be interesting to see going forward in the future all right, next topic we're going to talk about is patents. Uh, so Nintendo filed a patent uh, for certain uh, gameplay mechanics out of Tears in the Kingdom, um, which is very interesting. We thought we want to talk about it just uh, because uh, seeing this, especially coming from a, a video game developer, so especially somebody as stringent as Nintendo is with their lawsuits and stuff like that, very interesting for the gaming community. Um, obviously, there's different mechanics that go into video games and developing video games and the mechanics of certain games. Um, and the closest one that comes to mind, obviously, would be uh, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, which had their own nemesis system, which got patented in, uh, patented in itself um, until 2035, which was such a unique system. And obviously, with the patents, that means you can't use them in other video games or other uh, developers can't really make their own version. Um, so we want to talk about this just in terms of how, like, um, on my end, I think it just kind of stuns creativity, uh, if, if I could put it that way. Um, obviously, we, we want innovation in games. We want certain games to do things. And also, I think it drives games when you see a mechanic um, in a game and then you see it in other games where maybe they do they do it just as well or they you know bring it up a notch and do it way better um speaking of, of batman the, the arkham i think fighting system has been used in so many games since then that it's worked so well uh you can also see like the the uh, elder scrolls and skyrim dialogue system and the choices and mass effect how that's been used so well and and taken uh to new heights with with a bunch of new games so it's very interesting that nintendo's kind of filing for these patents to kind of you know uh put certain gameplay mechanics where other developers can't use it it's going to be interesting it's it's not 
heavy gameplay mechanics is more like movement and stuff like that but this does kind of set a precedent um for a lot of uh, video games for going forward what, what do you think of this do you think uh this is gonna stunt the growth of video games or nintendo's gonna be suing everybody don't sue us nintendo yeah i don't know i guess we'll see i think they just applied for the patents i don't think they actually got got the patents right yeah i mean I know, so I, that, I, take, I get that take a while to I gotta like, but it's yeah, I gotta look into it tomorrow. Yeah, no, and I think it's, I don't, I don't love it, Uh, particularly because like, I think, I think Tears of the Kingdom does a lot of cool things well in like a very kind of interesting package, but there's nothing that like crazy in it. Like it's just sticking stuff together or. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, fundamentally, it's just like putting objects together and building stuff. Like, I don't I don't think that's something that should be patented and controlled by one publisher that, like, literally no other game can do that without getting approval or paying, like, royalties back to the original. So I think, I think it's a real slippery slope. Um, and I think something that would be ultimately bad for the games industry um if if you know because it basically sets like a you know like a like a domino effect of like okay well if nintendo's doing that then i think every publisher is going to be looking at their games and be like okay well we actually need to like start getting way more defensive around anything remotely proprietary around game mechanics and patenting them and then it just it becomes like a you know a, a war game of people being like okay well if you want to do that we have the patent you got to go through us and it's just it's just not going to be a good thing and i think um yeah like that like the nemesis mechanic it's like cool there's a reason that that doesn't show up in in games and it's because of that patent and you know you can kind of do like an analysis in your head of like, okay, well, what what game out there could have you know could have benefited from that system if there wasn't a patent? Um, you know, because I'm, I'm sure that that uh, from just like a game developer's perspective, I'm sure they like a game developer played that game and it's like, oh, that's a great idea. Let me see if there's like a way that I can like take it and like make it my own or make certain modifications or even just put a version of that system into my game, which is completely different from, you know, Shadow of Mordor. But they can't, they can't do that because of the patent. So I don't know. I feel like it's, it's silly. I think, so I'm not surprised Nintendo's doing it because that's just like a very Nintendo thing. But I think it's a, it's a shitty thing for, for game developers. Yeah. Like, like the, I'm surprised that it's a, that Nintendo's doing it by way of patent because, you know it's it's a patent like you're you're putting a lock on it i'm not surprised that nintendo is using lawyers which is the other thing but, but yeah, yeah. yeah with with the nemesis system uh it's just it's a very sad thing obviously like i have they haven't even used it it's not like they're using it on other things which is the other you know sad part about it it's patented until i believe 2035 so that means no other game will be able to use it and it's just sad because it, it is an intriguing system it's it's very complicated i want i hope whoever designed that system got some money out of it at least which they probably didn't because they were just working for a company but um 
hopefully we don't see any more of these type of, of things going forward in the future because like i said I, I feel like it really stuns the growth of video games and especially when in this day and age we we kind of live in in a world of video games that kind of take stuff from other games to improve them and yeah some will do it right some will do it wrong but it, it's how the world works you just kind of keep improving on it all right uh next bit of news we want to talk about is a new commander to savala and you know that's a little bit more for the destiny fans uh, out there i know nick nick actually put this in the notes which is very surprising i was gonna talk about it I was it's not because it's not because i'm a destiny fan yeah. it's because i'm a keith david fan yeah we're, we're, we're both keith david fans uh so uh as we talked about before on the podcast, uh, Lance Reddick passed away a couple of months back. Um, and the Destiny, he was a big Destiny uh, um, player. He obviously voiced Commander Savala, one of the ma main characters in the game. He loved the game. Um, he, he was also a very prolific uh, movie and TV actor um, and voice actor as well. And with his passing, you know, it, it's big shoes to fill in, in the Destiny universe. But I think they found the the right person to fill him uh keith david for those uh, unknown he's a big also uh movie and tv actor but he's also done a lot of uh voice work with video games and tv shows mostly known from uh playing goliath in gargoyles which i was a big fan of in the 90s growing up in the 90s um and he he sent a little message on twitter just saying how you know grateful he is for for the opportunity and uh, he knows how much uh Lance Reddick loved the role and he hopes to do justice by him. So I think uh, kudos to Bungie for picking this, uh, picking him as the right person to kind of continue the legacy of uh, Commander Savala. He'll be doing the voice work for uh, the Final Shape expansion, which we'll be releasing uh, early next year. Uh, and we'll hear more out on August 22nd. Um, will this get you interested in playing Destiny now that Keith David <laughs> is voicing Commander Savala? Still, still no, but uh, I think it was good. It was a good Damn. pick. Good, good pick for Bungie. Uh, you know, to think of like who could, who could replace Lance Reddick. I think there's not that many options, and uh, I think Keith, Keith David's a good, good pick. And I think, yeah, I think Bungie's kind of managed the situation. It's a tough situation to have to deal with. Um, but I think they they managed it very well, so I think it's a good good outcome. Because you know, it's I think it's like okay, what do, what do we do? Do we get rid of the character now because of the voice actor? So it's you know kind of a, a sensitive and and tricky issue. But I think this is the the best possible outcome uh, given the situation. And yeah, you know, well, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing. You know, I can just like watch a YouTube video of his voice performance and. That'll be sufficient for me. Yeah, not playing but, the game at all. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I just I can't play the game. But yeah, no, I think not to go too you know too too deep. But I think Keith David might have been the first guy. So I have like a fascination with voice actors. So I I generally know just a lot of voice actors and can almost immediately tell who's who's playing who and, and things like that. And I think my fascination with voice acting actually started with. Keith David as Goliath because I love the the Gargoyle show and I just thought it was like such a cool cool voice and when I started like recognizing his voice and like other things I was like oh my god like that's 
that's Goliath. Like what? Like you know, when I was a kid, you know, it was that was a really long time ago. <laughs> it wasn't like no, it wasn't last year. It was like oh. you know when I was when I was in, in uh, pretty young. So I just remember it being like such a cool thing that this this guy with this like really iconic voice is doing all these things and so. Yeah, I, I love his voice. It's so unique, and and like you said, you kind of recognize it instantly when when you hear it. And he's been in so many good uh, movies and TV shows. I can remember him from The Thing, and he was awesome in that. Um, I just recently watched The Nice Guys, and he was in that too. So it's cool uh, that they picked him. And obviously, with Destiny, like when Destiny started, it had such uh, such heavy and recognizable uh, voice actors because. You know, I don't know if you remember, Peter Dinklage was the voice of Ghost, which... Oh, he, yeah. who Everyone loved that. Yeah, he phoned it in on that one. But um, obviously Lance that, Reddick. That was his, like, he had just, like, Game of Thrones, right? Was it, it was, like, just after Game of Thrones, I think, it he was got like that the role? First, the first, uh, like, second season of Game of Thrones when, when the popularity was, like, at its peak kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then people are like, oh my God, like geeking out about, oh, it's Peter. And then he's just like, he phoned it in. The most phoned in. So phoned in. Yeah. And then obviously uh, Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres uh, also do voice work, um, which now, uh, you know, it's been kind of reduced. It, it's not the big heavy names. Uh, uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, um, his character died. So, you know, they didn't need him anymore, even though he's coming back. And Gina Torres moved on. They got a, a new. Uh, voice actress for her which sounds like her but it's still good so it's good to see them uh, still pursuing this obviously he's worked with them before which is great um in halo 2 he uh, played arbiter so it, it's good to see that the relationship is there and and he's you know used to this so uh, i think it'll it's it, it's a good replacement i think he he'll do a, a fine job and can't wait to to hear him all right next thing we want to talk about is Again, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, so one big thing, obviously, uh, going back uh, to last week, big Capcom Cup. Um, I mean Capcom Cup. Big Evo uh, tournament. Obviously, uh, we finished watching it for those that didn't. Amazing tournament. Uh, the finals were great. Uh, almost got a reset uh, from the loser. Um, Men RD, unfortunately, who was my pick, did not win. Uh, the one who won was Angry Bird, deservedly so. I think he did great, uh, great output by Ken. Uh, one of the best Kens I've ever seen, even better than Nick, who only likes to throw all the time. Uh, but a big announcement coming out of that was that they were doing a collaboration with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where you'll be able to get uh, all the costumes for Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello, and Raphael. You'll be able to get turtle costumes as long as, uh, as well as other turtle related stuff, which was pretty cool. Only thing they didn't announce was surprise. And then uh, came as a big shock when the costumes got released. But essentially, you got to pay $15 for each costume you would get, which in this day and age, that's kind of ludicrous, um, especially for a costume that there's no differentiator. It's just the same costume with different colors for the bandanas and the belts. So it's kind of insane, I think. For me, at least, like after all the goodwill that, you know, I have for Capcom and how great Street Fighter 6 is. I think this is kind of outrageous. Um, not that I've been buying any other costumes or anything like that. I've unlocked a couple alternates uh, for some characters by playing the story mode. Um, and I know you can purchase the the alternate costumes if you spend 50 fighter coins. Uh, but these costumes are 250 fighter coins, which is kind of insane. Um, it's just weird. It's weird. Uh, weird pricing just 
seeing how everything else is around these days and i can totally see this the community being super upset because bungie just recently had its own you know uproar over everest pricing and and all that stuff uh your thoughts on this are you mad at capcom I wouldn't say I'm mad. It's not that surprising. It's a, you know, it's a licensed, licensed property uh, that's commanding, I think, big, big dollars. So I think, I think positioning it as like a premium, you know, premium skin is not surprising. I am like $15 is a lot. Like, I think 10, 5 to 10 with like some sort of discount if you get it like as a bundle. I would pay Feel, easily twenty dollars for all four. Twenty, for, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so sixty dollars for all four. I think that's immediately the math everyone does is just like, what? Like that's the price of the game basically for these four, and it's like not even full characters, right? It's just like it's like a cosmetic for your whatever avatar. Um, and I think that I think there's like a, a parallel to in Smash they would do this right where like it wasn't a it wouldn't be like a full-blown character it would just be like a skin for like the me character so i would need to like go back and check what the what the pricing for that was but it wasn't 15 <laughs> it wasn't 15 i am pretty sure about that so so i don't know that's it's kind of a bummer uh it definitely turned me off from it like Earlier in the episode, I mentioned being a big Turtles guy. So you think, oh, there's Turtle stuff now in one of my favorite games. So I'm going to buy it. But that's not the case. So maybe it'll be discounted at uh, you know at some point down the road and I'll check it out. But yeah, that was pretty, pr pretty rough. Um, and maybe it's like, they and they had to have known, right? Because they, did, they had the, the trailer or whatever. They decided to like not sure the pricing uh so if you if you're like scared of showing the pricing and the marketing trailer like maybe that's the signal that you're you're going for the the cash grab too much and you're probably going to upset fans so so uh i'll be curious I, I don't think we'll get any hard data on it but uh i wonder if we'll kind of hear from like word of mouth as well as just whether people are actually in the battle hub using these skins at all. Like if we can get kind of some sense of whether people are actually buying this or, um, you know, it could be the case that Capcom's like, we're going to charge whatever we want for these things. Cause we know people are going to buy them. And that's, that's the way the game is played. Uh, but I know I, I do feel like that's, that's just too high of a price and people are going to like opt out of it and just wait for it either to be cheaper or just never buy it. And that's the other insane part that it's not even for your Street Fighter characters, it's for your avatar, which, you know, like, yeah. I don't really care about my avatar that much. I think uh, if you play the, the World Tour mode, you get enough different custom options where you could just, you know, customize your avatar into crazy things. Um, but it does give me pause to kind of you know, think about the future. Um, and uh, we've seen the, some concept art for a lot of the, the characters' uh, future costumes, and, you know, they look pretty cool, and we wouldn't want, uh, mind spending money on it. But if it's something like this where it's going to be like $15 for each character costume, it's going to be insane because they look good. But honestly, like, you got to, you know, work on the pricing. Like, don't gouge my eyes out on this. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, hopefully they can kind of correct because I'm I'm imagining they're going to do a lot more of these kind of IP crossover events uh, where they, you know, they're they're not going to do a full bone character, but they just want to like get skins and cosmetics that people can put on their avatar. So they're going to do more of this stuff. But I hope they just kind of modify the pricing because it's just that's eh, that's a bit much. Yeah, especially because they're known for doing this with obviously Monster Hunter, all the Resident Evil games where you could get different costumes, uh, the new game Exo Primal where you could get Ryu and and Ken. So you know, hopefully uh, they they do more goodwill to 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 the gamers. All right, so that does it for all the news we wanted to discuss for the weeks. Uh, we're gonna move into some closing thoughts. I'll start it off as usual. Uh, haven't been playing a lot of games, but surprisingly i didn't realize that atlas fallen uh was releasing this week and it did um and i purchased it uh i'm enjoying it it's definitely different from the previous uh deck 13 who are the developers it's definitely different from the previous game uh the surge and uh the original lords of the fallen in terms of it's not very souls like it's more of like an action combat obviously there's still some of that mechanic of you know you want to be dodging and avoiding damage and all that stuff but i don't think it's too hard it's more action based i'm enjoying uh the the crafting that they got where you can craft different power-ups and the the fighting system that it has where um the more damage you do the more powerful your attacks become and and they kind of change uh to 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 do more damage but also you take more damage uh because you're doing more damage so that's pretty interesting mechanic and the traversing the world uh the sand world is pretty cool um and it's got a little bit of um the Zelda. what is it the red moon is it the red moon that Zelda does when like the the, the world turns red or whatever in yeah, what is that called? Yeah, like the red moon thing. It's, yeah, yeah, the red moon. Yeah, some something like that. It's, it's I'll got, stick with red moon. Yeah, it's got like a a mechanic like that where um there's this big enemy called the watcher that's just like watching you. It's a big totem in the sky, and every now and then he'll lock eyes on you or whatever, and then the the enemies become stronger, uh, obviously. And, you it's, know... It's Blood Moon. The Blood Moon, the Red Moon. It's all the same. Yeah, I looked it up. I didn't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're such a fake Zelda person, but whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty interesting game. Um, so it's going to be interesting uh, to, to see. Obviously, they're not the ones that are developing the new Lords of the Fallen, which is more Souls-like uh, that comes out in October. So definitely interesting to see the, the difference in that. This is definitely not a game you would enjoy, I think. Um, I think uh, we, we know our tendencies for what games we like to play and what we want other games. I don't think you would enjoy it. Not that it's a, it's a bad game, but it's not your type of game. It's definitely not Souls. Um, and I think it's just too much action and, and collecting, which that's right up my alley. So Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm that's, that's, a, that's a Hugo delight. Yeah, I'm already collecting stuff, bro. So much yeah. collecting. Um, and then in terms of... Uh, TVs and movies. I watched No Hard Feelings with Jennifer Lawrence, uh, her her foray into comedy, which she hadn't done in a while. Um, pretty funny movie, but definitely very raunchy. There's a scene in there where she's fighting some people in the nude, which was funny. Uh, and you know, it's a, it's a little bit of like super bad and and hangover type comedy, uh, but also very nineties, where it's like she plays a. a, a a girl that needs a, a car because she she needs to Uber and uh, some parents kind of 
hire her to go out with their son. I'm I'm doing quotations on this for those who are on audio. Uh, hire her to go out with her son, with their son, so she and, and they'll give her a car, and you know stuff ensues. But it's pretty funny, pretty funny for pretty funny show. And then that, and obviously, uh, the end of Evo was amazing. Loved watching all that. It was super hyped. Sad that we weren't there. And we just uh, we were talking earlier about Gamers Eight, which was this uh, Saudi Invitational that they did, and um, we finished watching it. And Kakeru uh, won over Angry Bird, who had won uh, Evo uh, the the Evo tournament. So that was pretty interesting. It was definitely a a good invitational obviously a lot of money exchanging hands there which you know saudi government we don't condone your practices but if you want to throw some money our way we condone that uh what have you been up to uh just a, a plus one to the the fighting game competitions like it's been a great a great couple of weeks of well i'll get into the game side but basically i've been playing games on monitor one while watching a lot of different fighting game streams on monitor too so it's been a no better way to do it baby yeah it's been a, a, a great week or two for for content consumption uh yeah the tournaments the tournaments have been awesome like the the evo top six was i mean if, if i were to like just off the top of my head list like who would i want to see on top six like I probably would have named like f at least five of those people. I would have been like, I want to see those people in the top six. So, um, which was like not, I think it was, I think it was right before COVID when I went to Evo. The top eight was like, I was very disappointed in. <laughs> like, I think there's maybe one, I think it might have been like Big Bird was in it, but like everyone else I just like didn't really care for. It, so, uh, so I was thankful for a very hype, uh, a very hype for top six in Street Fighter. I think I'd, I'd been watching a lot of Street Fighter 6 streams, but this was, I think, the biggest, uh, the first big Street Fighter 6 tournament since the game's come out. It's only been out, you know, a few months at this point, but the first big one, uh, and, like, it's just, it's just so fun to watch. I think, like, anyone, even if you're, like, not super in the weeds on, like, the technical aspect of the game, including myself, like, I'm I'm very much a filthy casual but it's just it's just like it's just fun to watch man like so i'm very you know very happy about uh how the game's translated to to the competitive scene and you know watching tournaments and things like that so very much looking forward to you know capcom cup and and just watching other other street fighter 6 competitions so yeah and the reception from uh Street Fighter Five Two Six is has been insane. Obviously, uh, there was a lot of discourse at the beginning, early days of Street Fighter Five, with how much the community liked. But this one, just right off the gate, has been great. Uh, big turnout to these events. I think it was the biggest, uh, you know, tournament that uh, any fighting tournament that they've had. And they got the keys to the city or whatever. They declared Evo Day. It was it was just an amazing fucking thing so it's oh, that was so that was so funny they're like we're declaring this even like they announced that they're moving the date august 6th, from august to july day, and then yeah and then <laughs> yeah, next like, so july I, what the fuck I feel, I feel like i feel like the timing of the sequencing of events might have been a little bit more thought out but um either way it's it's cool like i think that's just like an indicator of of the growth and fighting games and evo and what it means um so you know i thought that, that was a cool moment for sure uh 
like really my only my only gripe which i think you i don't know if you're if i'm sending mixed messages or whatever but like i just hate watching Blanca. You so are... i so I'd like it's just not so that's my only real gripe right now with like the high level play is just like i feel like Blanca's is just such like a trash character and uh, well he's not a He's not a trash character. You just hate watching him. But I just if, I just don't enjoy. Yeah, like I just I just don't enjoy watching. Like, but so. let me just say something real quick. If you realize it, the way you hate Blanca watching is the way you play because all you do is throw. So it's like trash gameplay. So, watching trash. So it's it works. But <laughs> that's fine. That's fine if it's me playing against my friends. But like when I'm trying to watch like high level competitors, like I just. It's just so I think I think it's something again because the game's new. I think there's people are just kind of scumming it with with Blanca, and people will figure out how to deal with it eventually. But um, well, you can't I think, say I think scumming I think, it because it's only one player doing it competitively. Like nobody else is using Blanca besides Men RD, and and he only pulls him out when it's like a bad matchup to Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What, either way, it's still it's it's the funniest it's still, thing because he's like scumming it up. It, it's the funniest thing because he's got like the most basic normal guy, which is Luke, who is your starting guy, who, you know, it's the one that it, that Capcom basically picked to be their main character for this new generation. And then you have Scummy Blanca. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so when he was, so Mena was doing that, he was going back and forth between Luke and, and Blanca, even in like the same, um, in the same matches. Uh, or like he was playing, you know, just one player and was just trying to figure out kind of the right, the right counter pick. And, uh, so like when he was playing Luke, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is awesome. Like I'm not, I don't like Luke either, but it was still fun to watch, but just something, something about watching Blanca just upsets me. And, uh, so again, I just want to throw that out there. That's my only real gripe with, with watching Street Fighter six. But other than that, like it's, it's been like, it's been awesome. So I've been really enjoying that. Uh, and then in terms of what's been on monitor, monitor one, um, it's really just a continuation of, of last week. So I, I've been playing a ton of Baldur's Gate. Uh, yeah, you've really been it's, into the Baldur's it's, Gate. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I don't know if I have too much more to add versus last week. The only, the new thing was playing at multiplayer f- for the first time. So we actually, for game night, it happened to just be people who had Baldur's Gate. So that's my first ever time playing this type of game in a multiplayer setting. And I'm not an expert in the game, but I think you you pretty much have to basically start a multiplayer campaign from scratch. So it's like I've been playing the game single player, wanted to play it multiplayer, had to you know, basically start a multiplayer campaign from scratch, create new characters, so two of us, you know, so it's me and, and two other people uh, had to, like, go through the character creator to get, like, so it's it's cool. Like, it's, it's pretty that fun. That sounds like a, then, good, a good experience. Yeah, and then it's just very, um, very seamless with how they incorporated, you know, like, if someone interacts with an NPC to trigger a dialogue sequence, you can all kind of, like, go to it and watch it and vote on dialogue choices and... So it's it's super impressive. So I think that's a that's like I guess it makes sense. Like I'm not I'm not a big D and D person, but like I I totally got it. Like it was maybe not um, 
when I first heard about it, I just kind of assumed that we could just kind of like, ah, take a character, kind of more like Diablo, I guess, where it's like, hey, it's just kind of like jumping in and out of multiplayer sessions. And I think it's, I don't, I don't think you can do that. I think it's more like this dedicated multiplayer campaign. So, um, but now that I've done it, it, it makes complete sense and is like awesome. And it's really just a question of, can you actually get the same people together that often because it's fucking it's yeah, a huge game yeah. <laughs> so so that's the chat that's the you can't the, get a you you basically can't like just be like hey let's us two because this person can't make it and then they can jump I don't back know. we gotta figure it out like maybe i think i think like some of us can continue playing and then they'll the other person will just like level up or i don't, I don't know we gotta get into it but did you pick uh another bard because originally i know you you're i did bard. uh i'm a paladin now Okay, how's that so, feeling? Yeah. How's how's the different class feel? We, I mean, we've so we played for a few hours, but like we didn't really do that much. <laughs> so I, I didn't mean, really with the character in, creation and then doing all that the and character creations and then the intro and then you know, so maybe we didn't next get next week this week. <laughs> yeah, I'll have I'll have better. Yeah, I didn't really get a ton of time to actually get into all the nuances of the class uh so maybe maybe next week or in the coming weeks i'll have more impressions on on that class but um but either way it was just a really really, you know fun time experimenting with the multiplayer but i I did spend most of my time on 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 single player and putting a lot of time into that as as the bard and it's just yeah i'm just kind of taking my time going through all the different scenarios being a wily a wily bard and you said trolling people and you said game of the year now that that those are some big words coming from you because you literally game of the year it is my current current game of the year you know there's a lot more good stuff coming out uh the rest of the year but i think it's 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 my current game of the year uh i don't know what i mean that's it's tears of the kingdom uh i loved resident evil 4 so I think that'll be, you know, I think it's an incredible game. I think because it's a remake, it'll, that'll kind of work against it in terms of it being like, you know, game of the year. But I, I really enjoyed my time with, with RU4. I don't know. So yeah, I think it's, it's definitely my, my current game of the year. It's just, it's just, it's incredible. Yeah. The only it's thing, kind of, it's, it, the only thing I see competing with it would be, uh, Starfield, obviously, but you know nobody's getting review copies for that, so we don't know how that's gonna do. And then uh, Spider Man, but I think the narrative on Spider Man doesn't seem to. Well, obviously, it's not gonna be as expensive as the narrative on this, so I think this definitely takes a cake with what you could do, too. So you yeah, might be I right. Think, you might be right. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Spider Man is gonna be an incredible game. It's just a. I don't know if it's if it's gonna be at the same level as as Baldur's Gate. Uh, and then you know Final Fantasy 16, which I think a lot of people are still very positive on. I'm I'm just kind of I feel like I'm a lot of people the, that are the, not the, you, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm the outlier on that. One. Uh, but I think Final Fantasy 16 will definitely be in the mix, more broadly speaking. Uh, but yeah, it's just I don't I don't know if I have too much more to add other than I'm not a big I'm not a big player of those types of games and the fact that this game has successfully pulled me in uh i think that i think that says a lot yeah next thing you know you're gonna be telling me you want to do some D campaigns or something 
Nah, I'm, I'm not. No, nah. this is this is this feels right for me. It's like it's completely virtual. They do a lot of the heavy lifting of you know all the stuff the dungeon master would be doing. So there's stuff no, that I, does that. You know, you could do stuff like that online where you don't have to nah. do anything. It's all digital. Nah, no, no. This is this is good. This is good. This feels right. Um, so yeah, and it, it, it's still it's it's been one of those. I think I've uh, mentioned this last week where, and this isn't the only game. Uh, I think maybe Elden Ring is another one where you just you log into the game and just five hours, six hours go by, and you're just like. The best type whoa, of games. Yeah. Whoa, what? Like, what just happened? Um, so this is definitely one of those one of those types of games. So I've actually had to like. Now that I know that that's what happens, like I kind of need to like plan my day around. Okay, when when do I actually get into the game? Because <laughs> the the day the day is basically over. <laughs> like once I start playing, so I need to like be pretty thoughtful around when I actually start playing it. Man, that. That definitely does sound like game of the year. So it'll be interesting when we make our predictions at the end of the year how this will this will roll. Oh, the other uh, Armored Core. Like I'm still. I feel like Armored Core is is gonna be. It's not gonna be as grandiose as 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 that. But I, I do feel like uh, you know there's still an opportunity for that just to be like a. You know, it's more arcadey or whatever. But like, yeah, I, I don't definitely... think that necessarily. You know, doesn't mean that's a contender for for being game of the year. Yeah, with, uh, from software's pedigree, I can definitely see it kind of sneaking in where it might surprise a lot of people. And, you know, it's happened before where uh, other games people weren't expecting have taken over, like Hades and stuff like that. So I think it could definitely be done. Uh, very interesting uh, to end the year. This is a, a big year for video games, and we're just rolling along. September's coming, and it's going to be huge. All right, uh, so that does it for us. Thanks for joining us, guys. Make sure you guys are checking our website out, pressingbuttons.gg. Uh, you can find all the links to all our channels, especially our Discord channel. We're all there. We're a big, thriving, growing community uh, of pressing buttons. Make sure you guys are joining us. Make sure you guys are following us. And, you know, send us any uh, messages if, you know, if you want us to improve things, anything you feel like, any suggestions, any hate. Send some hate. We love some hate. We love haters because that means... We're doing something good if we have haters. Don't we have a don't we have a suggestions box? Yeah, we do have a suggestions box. Do know? we? Okay. Not that people, right, I, was, I was joking. Right. Not that people are suggesting things. They have suggested things, but you know, uh, if you people, have haters, people suggest. Oh, we do actually have one. Yeah, people suggest stuff all the time, but it's mainly shout out to Felix. I think Felix is. It's, is in. <laughs> it's like I know everything that's wrong with the podcast already. Like I don't need other people to tell me that. That's what makes it so unique. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So the more haters we have, the, that means we're doing something good. Okay. So, okay. you know, if you want to hate, hate away. Uh, but thanks for joining us, guys. And we'll see you on next week's episode. I'm Hugo. Bye. I'm Nick. Later. Thanks for joining us on the Pressing Buttons podcast. The show is produced and edited by Nick and myself. Our awesome music is composed by Leila and our show is done by D-Pass Design. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.